Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to Believe in Jaguars. I'm Jordan DeLugo, joined, as always, by former Jaguars tight end Clay Harbor. Victory Wednesday here in Duval County. Jaguars hosting the Chargers this Saturday night after taking down the Tennessee Titans in front of a raucous home crowd to win the AFC South. AFC South champs here in Duval County. But again, hosting the Chargers Saturday night wild card round, 8-15 in primetime on NBC, second straight Saturday night game for the Jaguars in primetime. How about it, Clay? Man, you can't ask for anything more. I'm pumped up, man. You know what I'll be doing Saturday night. I'm going to uh, be hanging out, watching the game, you know, hoping my, my Jags win. I think they got a good shot. Obviously, this is a team they've played before. It's a team they beat before, a team they beat before at their place. So, you know, I like our chances. Like, it was 38 just to 10. Win. Yeah. Yeah. And they are, I think, one point dogs, but, you know, I like our chances. I think that uh, we're, we're going to get into a few things today. Obviously, talk a little bit about, uh, you know, last week's game to to clinch this playoff berth. But this is exciting, exciting time for Duval. It's going to be a cold one, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it is going to be a cold one, and it is going to be a lot of fun. Completely agree with you there, Clay. <laughs> Uh, you can follow Clay on Twitter at ClayHarbs82, myself at Jordan DeLugo. Make sure to subscribe and review on your podcast platform of choice. If you enjoy the show, you can also check us out on the Gin Jag YouTube page. If you want to watch us uh, watch us talk about the Jags and see these pretty faces. Um, <laughs> Clay's is a little prettier than mine. I got I got to get a little trim. Oh, man, it's all about preference. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Beauty in the eye of the beholder. But Jaguars, a heart-stopping victory over the Titans, 20-16. to On the back of a late-game strip sack by Rayshon Jenkins, which was returned for a touchdown by Josh Allen. Josh Allen kind of being the recipient of a gift as he gifted Tyson Campbell a scoop and score the week before in Houston. So uh, karma coming around for Josh Allen. You love to see that. What, what were your thoughts during that late game stretch? How are you feeling about this team? I, I'll be honest. For me, I was nervous as hell. Oh, I was nervous. I thought I'm like, this is this is unbelievable. I can't believe like I don't think I think we're going to lose the, to the friggin Titans here. And that play, I, I thought they were going to call a forward pass because there was a very similar play that happened to the Bears uh, last week. And Justin Fields, his, his finger just touched the ball. He got hit. And his fingertip, it goes forward, same exact play, and it got called incomplete. Yeah. And then this play got called a fumble, so I was shocked. I, I even, I, I left the room for a second. I go, oh man, that's just an incomplete pass. They come back, and I go, what? They counted that? I was unbelievable. Sure so I was, I was surprised. Obviously, pleasantly surprised. I was happy about it. I mean, it's a heck of a play. And those are just the, you know, the way the, you know, the ball. The ball falls, man. You don't know which way it's going to bounce. The way the ball bounces there, it bounces Jaguars' way. Yeah, and the way the, the NFL's officiating is just so inconsistent, to bring up your point. I, I think that's maddening, and I'm sure there was a lot of Titans fans out there that were disappointed. But to me, I do think they got this one right. Yeah. The hand, so. the palm is empty as the arm starts going forward. And I think the reason it's kind of confusing is because the ball does go forward, but it was like, kind of like how you said, Josh Dobbs fingers and hand 
even though he wasn't gripping the ball, looked like they pushed it forward with the motion because Rayshon Jenkins hit his arm. Oh, it wasn't a pass at all. I mean, that wasn't a pass, but that's the same thing that happened with Justin Fields. And I thought, I go, that's a fumble. They called an incomplete pass. It wasn't a pass because it was. He literally just threw the ball forward with a little flick, and it goes a couple of feet. And they called an incomplete pass. So that was, you know, that was interesting. I I thought about posting the Justin Fields clip next to them. Like, why would I do that? You know, this is going against what I want people to think. So yeah. I didn't do that. I still might just to show the um how inconsistent these calls are. Just like I've done in the past with some of these uh, quarterback hits. You know, like when the guy's getting the um, roughing the pass or, or whatnot. But, yeah, so that's that was interesting. And luckily, the ball bounced our way this time. It was about time in, in Jacksonville and Duval. Yeah. We start getting some of these balls bouncing our way. And so the other way, you look back at the the Patriots, man, you know, the, the, the play with Miles Jack. Like, come on. Like, things yeah. like that usually happen against Duval. So this time, I think we got one in our favor. Absolutely. And you'll take it. 10 times out of 10, no question about it. Yeah. Uh, but I've been saying for years, you've got to make these officials and referees full-time employees. The NFL has the resources to do it. Uh, sure, you're going to lose a lot of the guys you currently have because they have other jobs. But the guys you currently have are not doing a good job. Yeah, Make this a full-time that. job. I don't understand it. Uh, I think I mean they make fifteen billion. Fifteen billion. I was telling. I think I told you the other day. I was like I was doing a um, I was doing a little program and you know getting my MBA in business school from Indiana University Kelly School of Business and we were doing this breakdown of the NFL and their the business side of things and I think they pulled in like sixteen billion dollars last year. They have enough money to make these guys full time employees. You know, and I I, can't, I didn't know that they weren't. So you're telling me this guys these guys are Foot Locker employees? That's why they, they just keep the shirts on. They come back and and, and ref games. That's crazy. Yeah. I thought for sure these guys were professional, full time employees, but that's that's, well, that's crazy. Most of them are like hot shot in their own profession, and they made yeah. their way into officiating. It's like there's lawyers and doctors yeah. and different things. Um, wow that are officials different people that are you know high ranking in their other field i think you gotta lock it in make this full time i don't know why they don't but i digress i digress we digress um what is it like as a former player being down on a field seventy thousand screaming fans in those big moments like how did it affect you did it raise the pressure make you anxious or get you more juiced up i'm just curious because jacksonville was raucous on saturday night and it will be raucous again this upcoming saturday night so how did that impact you just curious i enjoyed it when i was younger it maybe got me a little nervous a little bit it was like man this is a really big game like i don't want to you know i hope i don't mess up but then as i got older i enjoyed it and i just loved the experience like after a few years because coming from missouri state i wasn't used to I'm an FCS guy. I wasn't used to those big stages. I was playing in front of 10,000 people if we were lucky. You know, I was like my mom and my dad in the crowd. You know, I'm waving to them. I know exactly everybody's there watching the game. But once you embrace that, and most of these guys are from bigger schools and used to that, it's just fun. If you're at home, it's fun. If you're away and you're in those situations, it's hard to hear. And as a tight end, I hated that because. I was a smaller guy for a tight end. Obviously, I'm not small. I'm like 6'3", 245, which is big for most people. But 
in the NFL, you are small. So I needed to always, my first focus was always getting off the ball as fast as possible, get two feet in the ground before, before the defender gets one. I, I wanted to shoot off the ball like a rocket. And that's what I always did on a snap count. I would jump the snap count. It, always, it almost looked like, like I was false starting, but I just knew exactly like when Juwan. to go. Yeah. Juwan Taylor's so, had that for a long time. Yeah, but when you're away, you have to do, and it's loud, you have to do silent count. So then you're a tight end. You're literally at the end of the line. You can't see that. You usually go off the center's head movements. If silent one, you know, one one up, two up, three, you know, it's like whatever, or he's going to move to the side, and that's how you go, but you can't see because you're you're next to, you know, Cam Robinson. I'm like, Mm -hmm. Cam's big-ass head's in the way. I'm not going to be able to see the, 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 the center to get off the ball. So for me, I was always late, and that was something that I that I disliked personally, but also audibles, play calls. You got to be in your hand signals. So there's a big, big advantage, in my opinion, to, to being at home. And I think Duvall's going to show up and show out. And I saw like Colin Coward saying there's no there's no home field advantage for the Jaguars at all. They don't have a fan base. And I mean, were you not watching the game on Saturday? Like, did, did you not see you, – you don't think all those fans are going to come back out and support the playoff game? Like, he's trying to say there's no fan base. And I think Duvall is going to show up and show out like they did and get loud on every single offensive possession for the Chargers because it does help. Yeah, I think it's an absolute joke that people like Colin Coward and um, uh, Skip Bayless – that these are the people influencing the mass media, influencing, you know, the masses with their takes. It's just, they don't do the work. Yeah. They do not do the work. They don't. They just get, they just say random stuff and don't know what they're talking about. And that they can, they're, they can do that because it doesn't matter. It's the 24 hour news cycle. They say something stupid. People move on, whatever. And they're back on TV the next day to say something else. Stupid. Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. And this isn't even just about the jet. Like I'm not offended that Colin Coward doesn't think that the Jaguars don't have fans. Like I was there, there was 70,000 people screaming for four hours straight. Like it was unbelievable. Um, not watching the game. I'm literally like, I'm listening to this interview and he's like, yeah, San Diego or Jacksonville home field advantage doesn't matter. Neither of these teams have fan, but I'm like, okay, Coward. It's crazy. But, um, yeah, I, I think that the fans absolutely made a massive difference for that defense in the second half. The Jaguars offense stalled in the second half because, quite frankly, the Titans were playing with their hair on fire Yeah, uh, defensively. And they got a bunch of guys back in that game. That defense the way they stood up in the second half was directly impacted by how loud the fans were. There's no question about it in my mind. That stadium was raucous. Yeah. So, well, that, uh, that helps, man. That brings, it brings energy. You feel that energy. You feel the, the, the team behind you. You feel the energy on defense. You know, obviously I'm on the offensive side of the ball. You want it to be quiet, you know, when you're playing. So, you know, your fans are, but on defense, I've heard players talk. They want it to be as loud as possible. They feed off that. They love the energy, incomplete pass, drop pass. Crowd goes crazy. They just love that. And um, as an offensive player, I, you know, I hated it. It was annoying. So, I mean, from both sides, I was like, 
you know, you're in a away game like, shut up, okay? You know, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things. So that, that matters. That helps. We need a big showing on Saturday for this Jags team. Absolutely. If you're on the fence about um, showing up to this one, about getting tickets, maybe, you know, you're like, well, they are really expensive. They're really expensive, but these times are not guaranteed. If you what have are they the going means, for right now? Oh, Do you know? Gosh. A lot. Um, yeah. I think in the 400s, like which is the upper deck, you're looking at at least 150 to 200 plus per. Yeah. I think in the middle, you're probably looking more like 200 to 300 per. Lower bowl, probably five, you know, four or five. Six, yeah. yeah. Wow. So maybe even more than that. And I'm not up to date, but my point is um, if you have the means, go be a part of this environment because yeah. these moments are not guaranteed. You do not know when the next time this is going to happen. Now, do you feel good about the Jaguars future? Absolutely. You love Trevor. You love Doug. You like a lot what's going on. That doesn't mean this is guaranteed to be back next year or anytime. You never know what happens. So if you do have the means, and I know not everyone does, but if you do, go enjoy this football game. Go enjoy some Jacksonville football, some Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson. And, my, and, and go show the world that Colin Coward is a jackass, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, go show the world. You're going to be on primetime. Show the world. Yeah. All right. So a lot has been made about Trevor Lawrence's performance in this game. What did you think about how, how Trevor played in this one? You know, I thought he had some ups and some downs, but I mean, the main the main stat is the the the, the win column, right? And he he won the game. I thought he made some good plays. I thought he missed a couple. You know, he wasn't you know the Trevor we've been seeing in this second half of the season where he's just been on fire and you know just very efficient. But I thought he I thought he played well. I mean, there was no semblance of a running game. At the right. Jaguars head and be like, oh, you need to run the ball more. It's like, dude, every time you run the ball, you're just getting stuffed. I mean, I know they only had 14 carries, and usually Doug does a better job of sticking to the run, but they, they just couldn't get anything going. So you had to rely him. on Trevor. Yeah, I don't blame him either. There was but, nothing you could do on the ground. Yeah, I mean, he made he made some big plays. Um, you know, I say him, I was Doug. saying Doug. Yeah, Doug. Yeah, yeah I don't blame him for not running the ball either. Mm -hmm. So I think I mean I think he did okay. I don't think he, uh, you know, obviously the, the fumble was, you know, not it was something you need to clean up. But besides that, you know, I, I thought he did a, a decent job. Yeah, I thought he had a, I mean, really outside of that fumble, which you could say, well, Jamal, just hold on to the damn thing. It yeah. was high, but yeah. like he could have caught it. Um, the miss to Zay Jones uh, in the end zone, that was obviously mm. a miss you can't have yeah uh, but other than that i mean he was he threw some absolute darts in this game just like he has yeah. throughout the rest of the you know last two months um like he had a no look over the middle to to marvin jones that was absolutely filthy oh yeah uh, pretty much every another one to marvin that hit him in the hands when marvin was sliding that marvin's got a catch i mean there were yeah. some plays that were drops too yeah and then uh Almost all the throws to Christian Kirk were awesome. Like, it was beautiful. The one uh, where Christian Kirk 
was on the over and was wide open. That was an easy throw for Trevor. But all the other completions to Christian Kirk, it was like tight window, has to be on time, has to be on the money, and it was right there. And and Christian Kirk made some great plays on the ball too. Yeah, absolutely. So does this concern you, the fact that he missed Zay Jones in the end zone and you know had the fumble thing with Jamal Agnew? Does that concern you moving forward or – I mean, the Agnew thing, you know, obviously the fumble, but I mean, dude, that's just a, that's a different play. And I like that. You know, I actually don't mind that play call. People say, what are you doing, dog? I mean, if you looked at they showed the replay, there was one guy there. And he's probably going to score. When Doug you know? gets those things and they work, he's a genius. Yeah, he's a genius. When the <laughs> offensive guys kind <laughs> yeah. of don't execute, then it's, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't blame him for that. And then that, that play to Zay, he's got to make that. I mean, he's rolling to his left. I'm like trying to make excuses for it. There's kind of a defender there. You got to throw over. You just got to make that play. And I think that he will make that play. I mean, nine times out of 10, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is going to make that throw. I th- Jordan, I think you go out there, man. You might make that throw. <laughs> I think I could make that throw. I'm with you. As long as I can get it over the defenders and then drop it down. <laughs> yeah, I think you had that one, man. <laughs> Honestly. Love it. So, yeah, I'm not concerned. Uh, it will be something to monitor to see if he really has any misses or anything. And people were talking about, oh, he didn't play great against the Texans. He had the interception. The interception was a miscommunication. Zay Jones stopped running his route. Yeah. Um, and then – Oh, he didn't have any touchdowns against the Texans. Yeah, that's because they were running the ball at will. Travis Etienne <laughs> scored. Snoop Connor scored. Michael Hasty scored. Uh, I'm not concerned with Trevor personally at all. Yeah. And I think he's built for this. I think he kind of knows. I mean, not kind of knows. I He knows that he needed to hit that throw to Zay and that you can't have that turnover on the fumble. Yeah. He knows that. And uh, I think he's the type of guy – he has it in him to be like, I'm not going out like that. Like, I think, I think he's going to bounce back is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And there was just a sense in that game that the Titans were just going to do anything they possibly could. You know, there was like, they're going for it on fourth down, you know, they're running trick play. They're trying to throw a lateral across the field. They're doing, I mean, and to, to be able you know, to, to get through that storm, I think now is going to be more of a typical football game against the Chargers. It's not like one team is just, you know, out here just playing to hope to, you know, try to stay in the game somehow. This is going to be a normal game. This is a team, you know, there's not going to be any tricks. This is going to be who executes better. You're not going to go out there and trick them. They're not going to, you're not going to surprise them with something you've done. You've already played a full season. You've literally played this exact team. Obviously, I think, uh, you know, the, the, the Chargers stud receiver was out and Herbert had the ribs, if I remember correctly. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a few things back there. But the, the, the Jaguars are playing better, too. So I, I'm, I'm still, you know, confident moving forward as well. Absolutely. Now, Jaguars defense, they kind of went nuts against the Chargers in week three. They've yeah. kind of gone nuts on teams over the last month or so. Granted, those teams have been Josh Dobbs, Tennessee Titans, Zach Wilson's New York Jets, Davis Mills, Houston Texans. Mm. Uh, But uh, you also see how they shut the Cowboys down in the second half of that game. They shut the Titans down in that second half of the first game against them. So my question to you, is the Jaguars defense real? Can they actually slow down good teams in the playoffs, more specifically the Chargers? You know, I think they can. I think that, 
you know, you, you see Josh Allen's a defensive player of the week this week. And the way these guys are playing, Tyson Campbell is, I mean, he's just next level. I think he's one of the best in the business. And uh, he, he, he just does an incredible job there. And I know there's there's some good receivers. I mean, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Joshua Palmer are all, you know, solid players there. And they're going to have to shut these guys down. Foyer had another big game, 14-plus tackles. Um I think this defense is for real, and I think I think they can continue to continue to play well. Obviously, you're going against Justin Herbert, who is, I mean, I don't know, maybe top what? You know, some people have him top five, some people top ten for sure. But, I top mean, this guy four. is – yeah. To me, him and Trevor are four and five behind Mahomes, Allen, and, and Burrow. Yeah, he's second right in the league now. in passing yards. This guy's 4,700 – passing yards i mean that's in crazies 25 touchdowns 10 picks uh qbr top 10 completion percentage is 68 i mean that's one of the best completion percentages in the league this guy's efficient man he's tough he's a big guy he can run i mean he does it all second in the league in passing yards i mean this guy is a you know top five six quarterback in my opinion and it's going to be tough for this defense you know mike caldwell's got his his work cut out for him here and you got to get pressure i think pressure alleviates a lot of things trayvon walker has got to get pressure josh allen has to get pressure arden key comes up with a big play in the game he's got to get pressure you know i think you got to have these guys really come out roy robinson harris got to get some pressure i mean you got to create some different things and you don't want to have to blitz because when you blitz that's when you start opening up lanes this guy can run you're putting the you know the stress on the coverage so you know, it's a, it's a give and take, but, you know, I like the de- the defense's chances here. I know they did a good job against him last time. Obviously, he wasn't 100%. He's going to be licking his chops, get back and get another chance at the Jaguars. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I have one question for you before we get into our biggest surprises on offense and defense from an individual standpoint this year. And then we're going to get into would you rather to close out the show. But my final question. Jaguars last week they had one less day to prepare or excuse me they had like three or four less days to prepare for the Titans um then the Titans had to prepare for them yeah. this week the Jags have an extra day Jags played Saturday Chargers played Sunday do you think it matters I think it helps this is you know the, the Jaguars run a normal week now this is a normal week you've done for throughout the whole season you're putting your base offense in on the normal day you're putting your third down offense on the normal day. You're putting your red zone in on the normal day. You're traveling on your normal day. This is a typical game week. For the Chargers, everything moves up a day. You're going to have to, instead of you know your off day is you know Monday, or you come in on Monday, your off day is Tuesday, then you're back on Wednesday. Now you're, you have no off day. You come in Monday, you watch a film, you're back to work on Tuesday. No off day, and now you're you're pushing everything up. Okay, now you got your third down, your base, your red zone, and, and you're, you're cramming everything in there. I, I think if you have a good coach and a good plan, it kind of alleviates a lot of the stress there. But if you're a younger team and you're not really used to this type of situation, it could be a distraction because you have this routine that you've set up that is now different. So I think that could be a little bit of an advantage for the Jaguars. It's not going to be huge, but – you know, it's definitely something. Yeah, I think it's something, but doesn't 
take away all the other things that you need to do throughout the week. Kind of, I think that's what you're yeah, getting at there. Um, all right. So transitioning here, biggest surprises from individuals this year, just, you know, regular seasons over counting stats are in the book for the regular season. What's the biggest surprise for you for the Jaguars on offense from an individual performance standpoint? Like you've got Trevor throwing 30 or not throwing, but scoring 30 total touchdowns in year two. You're one in the system. ETN having a thousand yards on the ground. Kirk a thousand yards through the air. Ingram had 73 catches, 766 yards. Zay 82 for 823. What's the biggest surprise for you on this offensive side of the ball for the Jags? I'm going to say two things. I'm going to say the first is offensive line. I thought this offensive line did, did a great job this year, pass protection at, at, mm-hmm. at the most. I think they kept Trevor clean for the most part, and I've been very impressed. And obviously bringing in Brandon Sheriff, you think you're going to have a decent line, and Linder's gone. They're like, okay, you literally have the same line you did last year, but now you're just replacing you know, Sheriff you know, with uh, – Help me out here, Jordan. The guy oh, went to you're the, replacing the Redskins. Um, What's his name? <laughs> yes, Andrew Norwell um, with Brandon Norwell Sheriff. with Sheriff, which is obviously an improvement. But the offensive line, in my opinion, was the biggest surprise. I thought they did a great job. Even when Cam goes down, you have Walker Little step in, you know, and and now you got and an, another left tackle that can play. Yeah. So I think this whole unit has done a good job. I think that. You know, their young center has improved being the season. I was a guy saying that, you know, you get this guy out of here. He's he's getting beat. He's gotten better. I think Shatley has done a, a nice job stepping in for injury here. And I think that uh, overall the O-line has been my biggest surprise. And then also Evan Ingram. You know, I'm glad he's had a good year. You know, he's a talented guy, but he's always been plagued by the drops. And, you know, he's not big enough. But I thought that he impressed big year he made himself a lot of money this year and he's going to be a prize target for a lot of teams looking for a tight end next year so offensive line and evan ingram the tight end my two biggest surprises on offense yeah i like that and for me it's you know walker little being able to step in with that offensive line like you said and really i mean luke fortner starting all year as a rookie yeah they've been they've been good Uh, like you said especially in pass protection I like that and then Ingram as well the one reason I wouldn't go with Ingram is because it's Doug Peterson this is what he does loves tight ends ends. (laughs) he loves tight ends it's what he does um and Ingram had this like the athleticism and the skill set um I've I would say offensively I've been most surprised by what I've seen on the field from Zay Jones. And there's been some really disappointing moments for sure. For yeah. Zay. But I didn't think that he would have the, the uh, ceiling that he's had this year. Cause yeah. when he's at his best, he has been like a legitimate wide receiver one, the way he's able to do things like, like, you know, just extending to go get footballs, you know, creating, creating, um, separation and man-to-man coverage uh some of the things he's done have been shocking to me i just didn't know that he had that in his skill set and in his within him um so i've been surprised by zay jones and sometimes it's been pleasant surprises sometimes yeah. it's been disappointing surprises but i have been surprised a lot by zay jones this year 
Zay Jones had 26 more catches this season than he had any other season in his career. And I mean, that shows you um, how impressive 175 more yards this year than he has any other year in his career. And a lot of people saying, you know, obviously you got the Christian Kirk, you overpaid for him, but a lot of people are saying you overpaid for Zay Jones too. This guy's a journeyman, you know, Buffalo to, to Las Vegas, Oakland, Las Vegas Raiders. And now you get him here. But he's he's done a good job. I like that pick. And then obviously, I mean, we're not saying that Christian what Christian Kirk and Travis Etienne did is impressive. And I think for Travis Etienne, I mean, I just thought he was going to be good. But looking back to before the season, nobody knew what Travis Etienne was going to be. This guy, nobody knew. Nobody knew how he was going to play. He's coming off of a Liz Frank injury. He's not even your starting running back this year. And for him to finish with 1,000 yards and to come out as one of the, the best weapons for the Jaguars is impressive. I mean, we can't you know forget this guy. And then you, cha- you trade James Robinson? P- what? It, it's because Travis Etienne became a bona fide superstar. I mean, and this guy ended the year. He's, you know, he ended the year averaging 5.1 yards a carry, had 1,100 yards, was, could catch the football, 35 receptions, on 45 targets, 300 plus yards. I mean, overall, this guy has just, you know, done it week in and week out. Obviously, he's got a hold on to the football. Mm-hmm. Got three fumbles, three fumbles lost. Not good. But overall, he has been very impressive, too. Yeah. It, like you said, me saying Zay Jones or you saying Evan Ingram. Yeah. That's not us saying that those were the best performances. Yeah. Those are the most surprising performances. Surprising. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence was better. Christian Kirk yeah. was better. Yeah. Travis Etienne was better. No doubt yeah. about it. We're not trying to say that. Um, yeah. So just to clarify for anyone out there, like, how are you going to take Zaire? Yeah. yeah. So switching sides of the ball. Biggest surprise performance on defense from an individual standpoint. You've got Tyson balling out all year. Foyer leading the league in tackles. Darius, as soon as you move him outside full-time, he starts playing like one of the best corners in the league. What's the biggest surprise on that side of the ball for you? Biggest surprise on the defensive side of the ball, I would have to say, is is Foyer. Obviously, I knew he could tackle and um, lead the league in tackles. But overall, man, he is just a leader. I love the way this guy can get around blocks, get over blocks, and and really step up for this defense. And and you know, some people say, dude, this guy led the league in tackles last year. But you know, overall, I've been just really impressed with how professional this guy is, how he can take on blocks. He'll literally juke guys to get around blocks. Is I, I love the way he plays. So uh Foyer, uh Lucan would have to be my biggest surprise. Uh so of the defensive side of the ball. I like that. And I agree. I didn't expect him to be as impactful. Like yeah. he is the Jaguars defensive MVP. Yeah. Tyson Campbell. And I think it. somebody said it on Twitter who I follow. I think it might've been, um, I can't remember who it was, but they said Foyer is the MVP of the defense. Tyson Campbell is the best player on the defense. And I completely yeah. agree with yeah. both of us. Absolutely um, agree. So, Obviously impressed with both of those guys, but I'm most surprised by Arden Key. This is a guy who he's he's in a, been in a bigger role this year than he has in the past um, for the Jaguars. Part of that's due to injury, uh, Dewan Smoot in front of him. Part of that's just due to the Jaguars liking what he's doing, but he's been on a warpath, and he was 
one of the best players on the field for the Jaguars against the Titans. He was consistently in the backfield, consistently making life hell for Josh Dobbs. And not only is it what he does on the field, I didn't know like really much about Arden Key's personality. He's been a bonafide leader and a guy that gets people hyped up uh, for this football team. And, you know, they, they keep walking out to set it off by Boosie. Uh, Arden Key's got the boom box going on. Like he has made this team more fun. Yeah. You need those guys. I just didn't know. I, I didn't know what type of guy he was coming in. I knew he was a guy you could use as a rotational pass rusher, but I didn't know the personality that was going to come along with it yeah. and all that. And this has been his best year by far, like bar none. This is yeah. the best year he's had as a pro. He has uh, 44 quarterback pressures on 323 pass rush snaps. That's really, really impressive uh, for Arden Key as a rotational guy who's taken on a bigger role recently again with Dewan Smoot being out with Trayvon Walker missing some time as well uh, prior to the last couple weeks. So super, super impressed and surprised by the personality and energy that Arden Key has brought to the football team. Um, I do think there's one guy we should talk about before we move on here. How about the turnaround for Rayshon Jenkins? Because so many people wanted to run him out of town last year. Wanted him gone. Wanted him gone. And I looked at him as the weakest link on the Jaguars defense entering the regular season. I didn't yeah. think he was a terribly weak link because I did think when you when you looked at what he did prior to being on an Urban Meyer-led team, he had yeah. had a pretty good career. And he came into <laughs> Jacksonville – and he immediately established the respect of the locker room by being voted a team captain in year one of being in Jacksonville. And then things just kind of fell apart, but they fell apart for everyone last year. Yeah. But he was was the one guy people were not giving a pass. People were like, nah, let's move on. And he is one of the most, I mean, if you were going to argue someone else for defensive MVP besides Foyer and I think Rayshon Jenkins is right up there. No, I agree. He's made some big plays, and the guy is really, has really, you know, after facing a lot of criticism, I mean, it's impressive what he's been able to do because there's a lot of people saying, get this guy out of here. He can't play, bench him. And, you know, you don't have many, you know, many people behind him to, to play and he's just an all-around player you know he's not just a guy that's gonna cover but he can he can blitz this guy can tackle like he can do a lot of things and that's why i like him as a player he's not just pigeonholed into one thing he can do a lot of different things from that position yeah and it's energy kind of like arden key so much energy he brings to that football field yeah and two walk-off turnovers forced you know game-winning plays by um by Rayshon Jenkins, the walk-off interception against the Cowboys, and then the forced fumble leading to the touchdown for Josh Allen this week, which wasn't walk-off, but it was end of the game, game winner, no doubt yeah. about it. Um, so, yeah, I think just there's been some really fun stuff um, on that side of the ball for the Jaguars, especially over the last couple months. So that leads us to our final little segment here of the show, Believe in Jaguars. Make sure to subscribe and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Helps this show grow. 
Would you rather? We're going to jump into it. Doug Peterson or Brandon Staley? And these would you rathers, it's going to be about this AFC wild card matchup between the Jaguars and the Chargers, just to get y'all ready. All these questions are going to be out of the Chargers. Would you rather Doug Peterson or Brandon Staley as your head coach and in this specific matchup? I love Brandon Staley, but I mean, Doug Peterson, I'm a big Doug Peterson guy. Obviously, he used to be my coach, but this guy's a former player. This guy's a former quarterback coach. This guy's a former offensive coordinator. Who else would you want for your young stud quarterback than Doug Peterson? This guy's won the Super Bowl. He's won these playoff games. He's won a Super Bowl as a player, I think. I, I got to check on that. But as, as a coach, of course, he's won. And he's just a guy that brings a lot of energy, genuine guy, offensive genius, Doug Peterson for me. Yeah, it's going to be hard for me to pick against Doug Peterson. Um, most of the time when you're talking about which head coach would you rather have. Now, if Doug gets the job done this week, I think it's a conversation in week two of the playoffs because you're going to Kansas City, it looks like. But that's a conversation for another day. Um, I, I would take Doug Peterson over Brandon yeah. Staley. Look, I We're think both – What'd you say? We're a little biased too, I think, but we are, but Doug Peterson is a wonderful leader. No question about that. Right? Like he gets his guys fired up. He gets his guys motivated. No question about that. Right? Yeah. I think you can say the same thing about Brandon Staley. Doug Peterson is also a master play caller on offense master, like one of the very best in the world today, bar none. You like that? I think Brandon Staley is right at that level as a defensive, defensive coordinator. Well. Yeah, yeah, I do. I think Brandon Staley is a great defensive coordinator. The issue I have with Brandon Staley is game management and injury management. Like, what are we doing? What on <laughs> earth are we doing? You are playing for nothing and you have your starters – playing into the second half for no reason. Yeah, You have Mike Williams sustaining an injury. Brandon Staley says Joey Bosa didn't get hurt, but he left the game and now he's on the injury report. But he didn't yeah. get hurt. Okay. Um, <laughs> like, what are we doing? Yeah. If we're Brandon Staley here. And he's also had, like, some weird decisions on fourth down calls. He used to be kind of like Doug, like the super aggressive, but now he's kind of reined that back in and he's not been as aggressive. Um, and even though he is a great defensive play caller, his run defense is atrocious. One of the yeah. worst in the league. So if you're telling me, and you can say that's personnel, I think it probably is personnel more than it is coaching, but it's an issue. Yeah, And I think when you look at, um, so we got the phone ringing in the background here. <laughs> but when you look at the fact that Brandon Staley is a defensive coach and his run defense is pretty much broken, I think that's unacceptable. And I think the injury management is unacceptable and some of the game management stuff has been weird this year. And just the fact that kind of like, um, you know, he, he, after the game, you know, in, instead of admitting, you know, maybe we shouldn't have had these guys or uh, playing or, or maybe maybe we should have had more than four receivers dressed so we could get Keenan Allen out of the game because Keenan Allen played that whole freaking game. 
It's one of the most injury-prone wide receivers in football, and you're going to yeah. play him the whole game in a meaningless football game? Yeah, agreed. Um, and, look, Brandon Staley has not been here and done this before as a head coach. Yeah, it's only Doug second Peterson's season. Peterson's done it many times. Yeah. It's only Brandon Staley's second season. How many times has he been in the playoffs as a head coach? This is his first time. First, first, first trip. This is Doug Peterson's fourth trip as a head coach. He's been there as a player. He's been there as an assistant many times. And now it's his fourth trip to the playoffs as a head coach. And so I'm taking Doug all day. And let's go. Let's be real. If you're going to take the best offensive play caller in the world or the best defensive play caller in the world to be your head coach, I'm taking the best offensive play caller. One offense. Offensive league, baby. Yeah. And I'm not saying head to head. That's what you want. But for the course of a 16 game 17 game season now and the playoffs you want the offense you you would rather have the offensive guy that's the bottom line especially yeah. when you're a team that has a young superstar quarterback which both of these teams do yeah yeah true i'm taking duck we're both true. taking duck Doug peterson all right now we got to talk about quarterbacks Trevor Lawrence or Justin Herbert here, man. Man, this is tough. This is a tough one. And, you know, Trevor Lawrence is 23, Herbert 24. You know, they're both big-time players. But I'm, I, maybe I'm biased, but I, I've obviously watched Trevor a lot more. But I think the upside of Trevor Lawrence is just, just too much to pass up. And, you know, I know you look at career stats, but you got, you got to take into account what happened with Trevor Lawrence last year with – you know, the coach he had, I mean, Urban Meyer was not, was not a guy that's going to help your numbers, but you look at the last half of this season and I would take Trevor Lawrence over the majority of quarterbacks in this league, almost all of them, barring maybe one or two. And that's why I have to go with Trevor. I know what he's capable of. I think he's got the most ability talent in, in, in any quarterback and one of the best complete quarterbacks we've seen in a draft in 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 years you know so i think for me i got to go with trevor this guy's got legs he can throw it he's got accuracy he's got the personality he can work he's a leader he's got everything you want as a quarterback so i'm not saying herbert doesn't herbert can sling it second in the league and in, in receiving yards 25 touchdowns the guy's a baller he can run too but if you have to pick one i mean it's one a one b i mean these guys are close but i'm going with with trevor yeah. Um, you know, it's hard for me to answer this question because I think they're both absolute superstars. Like you mean, like they're both unbelievable. Yeah. Either any team in the league would be happy to have these guys. Yeah. Unless you're talking about the bills or the chiefs. Chiefs, Yeah. Maybe but even then, like you'd be happy to have these guys like, yeah, they're great young quarterbacks and they're both, like you said, really young. Trevor Lawrence is 23 in his second year. Justin Herbert, 24 in his third year. For me, I just have to go back to my pre-draft evaluation and, and kind of like the trajectory of these guys, their whole careers. Trevor Lawrence, I, I liked him a lot better in the draft. I, everyone liked him a lot better coming out of high school, going into college. He did yeah. more in college. Um, and quite frankly, Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson calling plays or Justin Herbert and Joe Lombardi calling plays. 
Now you can talk about, well, Justin Herbert has Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, all these different things. Hopefully for the Chargers, he has Mike Williams this weekend. We'll see about that. Um, Because he's now day-to-day is Mike Williams. But it's such a coin flip for me between these two quarterbacks. I think either one could step out on the field and have that day. Uh, Both of them could step out on the field and have that big day. But I'll take Trevor just because I go further back with Trevor um, with how, with where he, and I just think the ceiling is higher. He's 23 right now. He's in his second year, first year in this system. And in my opinion, he's playing every bit at at as high of a level as Justin Herbert is right now. So I'll take Trevor. Agreed. Now, like I said, I think either one of those guys could be the better quarterback on a given day. Like I think if the Jags and Chargers play 10 times, I'm not saying the, the team split, but I'm saying who has a better performance? Yeah, you you split between. It's gonna Trevor be fun. It's gonna be a fun Saturday. Yeah, and uh, I think both offenses are better than both defenses. Playoff football, it does get intense. Sometimes you do see some defensive battles, but I think you're going to see more points this week. Now, yeah, we've done the coaches, we've done the quarterbacks. Now it's time for the full team. Would you rather? The Jacksonville Jaguars are the Los Angeles Chargers in the wild card round, 8.15 p.m. Saturday night, NBC. It's going to be at the bank. What are you doing? What are we taking here? Who would you rather? I mean, I'm obviously I'm, I'm going to, you know, it's not going to be a, uh, a surprise, but I'm going, I'm going Jags, baby. I mean, full team. Uh, they got Austin Eckler. I like Travis Etienne. Obviously, they got some, some good receivers over there, too. But, I mean, I like our guys. Um, offensive line, our, our guys have done a great job. Even when Barsh goes down, Cam goes down, we got guys that step up and have played well. Uh, defensively, I think we've we've got a better, a little bit better of a defense than they do of late. And you know, overall, I just think this team has really gelled moving into the second half of this season. So that being said, I'm going Jags, baby. Duval, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones. Like I, I just think these guys can they play well together. Good solid defense have been playing great lately. Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, Arden Key. I think you got some guys that can get some pressure. So I'm going with Duval. Love it. I normally wait to get into my big predictions here later in the week, but we'll go ahead and get it. I've I've been Pouring over this matchup for the last 48 to 72 hours. The Chargers, I think they're a good young football team. I love Justin Herbert. Love a lot of the pieces. I think they probably have a little bit more talent than the Jaguars on paper. Pure talent. But I'm taking the Jaguars. I think they're playing better football right now. They're seven and two in their last nine. The Chargers are five and four in their last nine. And the Chargers have struggled on the road. Their two road wins this year were at Atlanta, where they won 20 to 17. And, excuse me, three road wins. At Atlanta, you won 20 to 17. At Cleveland, you won 30 to 28. At Houston, you won 34 to 24. None of those teams are playoff teams. No. They have not beaten a playoff team on the road. Yeah. And the only playoff teams they've beaten all year are the Dolphins, who at that time when they played them five weeks ago, 
were in the midst of a losing streak. Yeah. And is that it? Who else have they beaten that's in the playoffs? I think the I mean they, they beat the the Raiders. They're not they beat the Raiders, Texans, Browns, Broncos, Falcons, Broncos, Cardinals, Falcons, yeah. Dolphins, that's... Titans, Colts, Rams. They beat yeah, one that... playoff team all year. Yeah. The Jaguars have beaten three playoff teams this year. Yeah. The Jaguars are five and two at home in TIAA Bank Field under Doug Peterson. Let's go. I'm taking the Jags. I think they're Let's better go. coached. Yeah. I think Doug Peterson gives them more of an advantage than Brandon Staley does the Chargers. I like it. I love it. I'm fired up, Clay. I'm ready to go, baby. Good way fired to start up. my Wednesday here, man. Ready for this? Ready for this game already? Give me some pads. I'm coming back. Let's go. We've got three more sleeps, unfortunately, before this football game. Yeah, three more. Well, that's so good. will be quick. We but. got the guys. They're going to be getting ready. Doug's going to be getting them ready this week down at the bank. Um, I think it's going to be – to me, it is the most enticing wild card matchup. Oh, yeah. Playoffs, bar none. I mean, look at these two quarterbacks playing each other. That's going to be fun. And then you got the opportunity for Doug to – to win and then you have a big storyline if he goes to Kansas City and plays against his old his old boss. So yeah. that would be that would be fun. Yeah, that honestly, you know, my whole my whole in-laws Chiefs. Oh yeah, you're Kansas Saint, you're you're a Kansas City guy. I'm not. The in-laws are. Yeah. I'm a Jacksonville guy, but that would just be that would be difficult for the Delugo Stewart family. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Chiefs versus Jags in the playoffs. Oh man, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, let's just take care of business. But you know how we got to end this thing? We got to hit them with one, one time for the one time for the big win. Let's go, dude! Beautiful. All right, y'all. Do not forget to pack the bank out this Saturday again. If you're waffling and you have the means. Go get the damn tickets. Get into that game and cheer on the Jaguars. Make Colin Coward eat his damn words. Yes. Idiot he is. Um, and I'm not one to normally go off and call people idiots and jackasses, but that's how he acts every single day. So, yeah. Pack and he's the damn bank. a shot at Jacks, man. Pack the damn bank, people. Get fired mm-hmm. up. Wear teal the rest of the week. Wear your Jaguars gear the rest of the week. Um, and enjoy this this type of this time of year is not guaranteed for football teams. Only seven teams in each conference are here. Enjoy it while it's here. You never know what's going to happen in the future. All right, Duval. So thanks again so much for tuning in. You can hit Clay up on Twitter at ClayHarbs82, myself at Jordan DeLugo. Subscribe and review on your podcast platform of choice. You can also check us out on the GenJag YouTube channel. Thank you so much for tuning in, Duval. Have a great rest of your Victory Wednesday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.